episode 12, aka the last one of the series. But it's a good one. In this one, we review the Autumn Nations. Are we seeing it as a success? We will discuss. We've also got the insider gossip from Carol Thomas. They also find out how they do weddings out west. It's interesting. I learned a few things. And then the big one, which World Cup winning coach is backing the girls? Philippa, through the magic of technology, you were coming to us direct from where? Dubai, baby. Yeah. All I can see is a tiny hotel room behind you, though. <laughs> Top of this for our listeners. Smile. Tell us, what are you doing? So I'm out here with the Sevens. The Seven Series is officially starting back for the women. So this is their, like, first proper uh, leg of the series. So they played the Fast Four. Do you remember we talked about it in Canada? Um, where Jasmine Joyce absolutely killed it and was player of the final. Rah, rah, rah. So... Uh, the men's sort of started then, but the women's is officially starting this weekend. So it's uh, two legs. So I've got to stay in Dubai for 12 days. Oh, disgusting. Oh, well, I know. Shame, isn't I, was, it? I know. I wasn't happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's so amazing here. I'm, I've been very lucky, actually. I've come here a few times to, to play and commentate. But every time I come back, there's something new. Now, they've got the World uh, Expo uh, on here at the moment. And I've been looking at some material for it. And it, it's insane. It's literally every country in the world comes together. And they're all here in Dubai showing just the best of everything from food to cars to enterprise to everything. So uh, rugby this weekend, I'm going to have a, a geeky couple of days at the expo next week. <laughs> right, show off in Dubai. But, you know, what about all the innovation going on in West Wales? Tell us those. The what? The innovation. <laughs> <laughs> What's kicking off in West Wales? What's new? I don't know. Is it, am I missing something? Should I know something? <laughs> no. All oh, right. I was going to say, it's still cows, still fields, tractors. That's about it. <laughs> so let's talk about it. Big weekend of rugby just wrapped up. Autumn's internationals are done. What did we think of the Welsh performance? Yeah, I was, was pleasantly surprised. That, you know, they've come off two big wins and I, I think they will look back at this autumn campaign as a successful one. <clears throat> they needed something positive coming out of it. And not only have you got big news of the contracts, but they've actually got some wins under their belt as well. Canada was always going to be a big ask. They're number three in the world for a reason. And they just proved that uh, in the second half anyway. Um, I actually do think it benefit them, sorry, benefited them more having a player sent off than it did Wills because the the team talk at halftime must have been outrageous for them to just kick it up a notch, isn't it? And it just blew Wales out of the park. But, you know, it's a true representation of where Wales are at the moment. And it's just quality, you know, 80 minutes under their belts. And it's what they can target for with a big year coming up with World Cup. Yeah, I think I agree with you when it's like a, a true reflection of, of where they are. Uh, and I think, you know, having three wins potentially wouldn't have been as good for their development as having that loss. But equally, I must be honest, I was really frustrated in the second half with the amount of penalties Wales were giving away because 
you know, Canada, they haven't played a lot of rugby. We all know that. And, and they were rusty at times. But there was constant advantage for them to just keep going and keep going. And when they weren't really getting much go forward, you would think that if, if Wales could have kept their discipline, there was opportunities to potentially poach at the ruck or whenever, you know, like Caitlin got that intercept. But because they'd already infringed, Canada had penalty advantage. It came back every time. But, you know, equally, like you say, they're, they're the third best in the world. That wasn't, you know, a third best in the world performance. And it certainly didn't have all their first team, first team players. But I agree with you, their second half spirit was unbelievable. Uh, they really came out absolutely far. And they just, it was kind of one of those, they wanted it more. But it, it would be, I think, frustrating for management they're not going to turn around and go, okay, girls, we were completely outplayed here. They're going to turn around and go, we kind of gave them a little help there. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I think uh, management especially would be frustrated because it was just the little things they were getting wrong and there's unnecessary mm. <clears throat> discipline issues there as well. I think George Evans gave away four penalties on the bounce. She's very lucky yeah. to still be on the pitch, I thought. Yeah, Carrots Phillips definitely took a team pen, a team yellow card, um, because they were building continuously throughout that second half. I thought there were some issues in the scrum as well. There was a lot of fussing and talking rather than just getting on with it, because uh, I do think Wales were stronger in the scrum, <clears throat> and in and their line out worked well as well. I don't think Canada's functioned all that well, to be honest. Mm. Um, mm. But it's just taking opportunity when they can, and we did see a glimpse of that, like you've said, Kitten Lewis was ready for the interception and I think she did have the 80 metres to go all the way um, mm. and it's just a shame we never got to see her at full pace as well because it's you know exciting now that you've got young talent like that to come behind Jazz Joyce when she's unavailable because of these <coughs> Dubai tours and all that but you know it's given some players opportunity to play but it's just a shame not many you know not f the full squad didn't get enough minutes uh, before the news of the contract, so some players may feel um, a bit disappointed not having had much game time before, well, knowing what's to happen in January. Okay, devil's advocate then to you two. Do you reckon that with the contracts being announced, there was already pressure to sort of, sort of show a justification, if not showing a win, showing a, a justification of these girls are good, they just need support? <clears throat> And potentially, if they'd have chucked in a couple of uncapped players, would they may have not had that justification performance? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. I just think um, contracts that have been on, you know, a were, um, what do you call it? Radar? Radar. I was going to say rotor. I'm back in work now, so <laughs> sorry. Um, on our radar for a while, and we've been wanting it for years. Now that it's actually, you know, there's a plan in place, <clears throat> it's mm. unavoidable, you know, they have to happen now. But, you know, mm. your autumns, you look at, this is where you develop before you have your squad, more or less, in place for the Six Nations, because, you know, you have to perform in the Six Nations. You can't really trial so much. And as well, you've got a fresh look at it with different coaches. You've got uh, the new director in place. You would have just thought, you know, give them 20 minutes, a quarter of an hour, whatever, just to see whether they can manage at this level. And if, it, you know, do they show enough potential for us to keep investing in them? Because even if mm. they don't get a contract, they're still going to be around the squad. It's whether or not you can, you know, encourage them to keep motivated and keep fighting for a place in the squad as well. Mm hmm if you're not given yeah. a chance, you know, it two minutes off the bench or no minutes at all, 
mm. it's hard then to see where you slot in in that squad. So mm. new caps, it was Cat Evans, Flo Williams, Flo Williams. Yeah, that was a big call for Flo Williams to be coming on. You know, at the time of the game that she did, I thought she handled herself pretty well. Goes back to what Laurie said, right? You've got to give these players game time, and if mm. you know. The coaches say they haven't picked who's having contracts yet. Well, in that case, then you need to see a bit of everybody, right? Because everybody needs that opportunity to put their hand up for a contract. So mm-hmm. it's a bit disappointing that it took an injury to get it onto the bench. And then, um, yeah, they give us some game. I mean, we know what Snowy can do, right? We've seen Snowy in the year for years and years and years. Um, you know, great player, but we know exactly what she's going to do. You know, opportunity, mm-hmm. a bit more of flow. I think the way we're going to start competing with other nations is if we start to develop that depth mm. in positions as well. We don't have it at the moment, to be brutally honest. You are stuck with maybe your starting 15 with a couple of positions where you could go, I'm absolutely confident coming off the bench. It's only back row we've got that depth and that talent. And I think we've seen it now at Scrum Half as well. I think I'd be confident oh, with either of those unless we start developing more players in the same position we're not going to be able to compete because like you said Flo Williams only she only got her chance due to injury of another player otherwise she wasn't involved yeah and somebody like Jess Cavanagh didn't have any minutes at all new coaching setup haven't seen her in, in the squad yet do you think that she'd get some minutes as well I agree with you but I'm so confident with Jess's capability that you could throw her into any Six Nations team and I'd be confident that she could do a job because she's yeah. just got that type of personality she's quite feisty and she she can handle herself so <laughs> even against you know world champions England I'd back her back her back the girls <laughs> <laughs> I thought Canada gave us a masterclass in how to because we alluded it to it didn't we Phil in the last episode that game management when you're down a player is mm-hmm. uh, all about keeping ball and we talked mm-hmm. about it in the women's game. If you're down to 14, sometimes 13, you just got to keep ball. And that's exactly what Canada did. Um, mm-hmm. but nobody that can tell us more um, or better from that game than our guest. Our guest has just arrived. Let me introduce you both to my friend, Harold Thomas. Hi, guys. Hi, everyone. Hey, Kat. Hey, yeah. You know Laurie and Phil. <laughs> no, I'm a bit offended. Your friend. All right, mate. Is that one of two, is it? Uh, yeah, I'm just claiming it. Thank you for joining us, Car. No worries. Nice to be on. Yeah, every time we talk about having guests, Laurie's like pump, punching for the, the front row crew. <laughs> Good job. That's what we want. Well, it's not just that. She's a fellow co-chaser as well, so it's nice to get someone from this uh, neck of the woods on as well. <laughs> so we were just uh, reviewing your game and your autumn um, so we've done all that for you so whenever you listen <laughs> back to your analysis it's all there um, but tell us how it went Car, from an inside the squad perspective don't give us all the usual talking points give us to us real how did it go? <laughs> um, well you know coming out of it two from three is brilliant um, a nice yeah no building isn't it and um yeah, I really think that, you know, now that we've got commitment from the coaches and WRO kind of investment, like it's actually bred a little bit more kind of excitement and a bit more kind of clarity for us to, as players, to kind of know that all our efforts is uh, actually worth it and, and all that kind of stuff. So so um, we're actually in a really good place. I've really enjoyed camp. 
um, really enjoyed being involved in it. So um, yeah, I'm excited now to kind of take that next step with contracts and stuff, I suppose, how that happens in January. How, because um, we know you've had, you know, some time off and then you came back this year to get involved in the squad. How is it different then from your take this time around? Yeah, so blooming COVID, like obviously pushes back the World Cup. So I have to carry on for another year. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I took a couple, I took a year out just kind of because there's a lot of commitment and all that kind of stuff. So you question things. And I still had fire in my belly, so I was still keen to kind of get back out there. But yeah, in all honestly, like I had a bit of anticipation, I suppose, a bit of anxiety and like what exactly camp would be like, like after everything that's been happening. And I'm actually now on the other end of it, really pleasantly pleased and really chuffed that I've been involved in it, just in kind of, yeah, in, in the positivity of it, I suppose, like in being able to play but also perform but also have kind of structures behind us that are kind of helping or showing willing or positive for the future so that's good right I've got another one for you as well so um <laughs> being Carol Thomas we know that you've always held the position of defense captain whether it's been given to you or not but your voice <laughs> carries through and before the game uh, versus Canada that there was a hype around how verbal Canada were as a squad, but there was one voice on that pitch that uh, put everyone else's to shame because I'm not sure where the re- where you, if the ref had her mic based under your voice all the time, but we could hear you loud and clear throughout it. Is it something that you know you look for? Is it a role that you want every time uh, you put the shirt on, or is it something that just comes naturally to you when you just think, if uh, if I can't make the ruck, I'll make sure my voice makes it anyway to everybody else? Well, it's from the farming days, Lowe's. You know? <laughs> <laughs> talking about voices here. I'm being yeah, loud. Yeah, exactly. Um, brilliant. Um, no, it's blooming natural. Like I think actually sometimes I need to be a bit quieter, but there's some positives to it. My mum couldn't come to the game on the weekend and she was like, don't worry, I could cheer you throughout. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> oh, bless. But yeah, no, I, I enjoy the defence. I enjoy the that side of the game. So any kind of pressure we can put on them and kind of organising the troops around me. <laughs> cool, marshalling. So right at the beginning, I'm going to quote you now, right at the beginning when you said hello, you said uh, two out of three was brilliant. So um, one, what, are, what would three out of three you'd have been? What, was that the goal? Were you targeting two? No, no. There was, I don't think there was any target, to be honest, to start off with. We're not, not spoken about. I think coming off the back of the Six Nations, we had to regroup. We had new structures with new coaches. And I think it was just really, really important. You know, you know control the controllables, isn't it? So it's all about your performance. So... Yeah, we didn't talk about winning or anything like that. It was about, you know, let's get our set piece. Let's get our defence. Let's get into our structures. You know, express yourself in the structures. Like, you know, we've got some really fantastic players. Like, take those opportunities when you get them. But, yeah, I say, you know, I think it's just building from where we were to where we are now. Like, which after we've taken those steps and, and finished off the games, I suppose. So there was no pressure, I guess, no real expectation other than go out and, and put everything we've put in, in training into practice and see how well we go. Uh, yeah, definitely. Like from a from a 
from a coaching kind of messaging definitely there just kind of you know try and do the structures try and get a set piece in place which I feel you know we did but our line outs went well um scrummaging obviously competed against all three nations putting pressure on them so it's not, it, the next stage then is kind of like the intricacies isn't it it's the detail to kind of build on to how we kind of exploit other teams I suppose can I ask, have you done your review uh, of the game yet as a, as a squad or is that something you're going to come back to later? Yeah, so we did our review. So um, it's changed, the structure's changed slightly. So we review on the day after the game. So on the Monday, mm-hmm. we still had camp. Um, so we reviewed it on Monday morning, uh, went mm-hmm. through that. Yeah, and overall, you know, positive is always the day after, isn't it? That you look at opportunities that you could have taken, which is sometimes hard. Um, you know, first half against Canada, we did well put it to them, scored off that mall, like, that's fantastic. Second half seems like they kind of stepped up um, mm. and we didn't meet that physicality or kind of stepped up our level. I think we could have, if in that first five, ten minutes, if we would have actually met it or kind of gone with that same vigour again, like, actually, we might have got them mentally, but they managed to kind of get some momentum out of it and then it flipped for us. So mm. it's, it's more around kind of the contact area, really, so that we need to yeah. kind of smarten up around. And that's where most of the penalties were were conceded was around that contact area. And we were just talking just before you came on. It, it was frustrating because you almost felt like Canada were potentially about to lose the ball, but before they could, you'd give a penalty away and it would be penalty advantage and then they'd go again. Was that something that was addressed in the review as in, because some people will say, well, you only give penalties away if there's a lot of pressure. So sort of kudos for Canada for putting that pressure on you. But then there's also the flip side. It could be, was it second half, loss of concentration, fitness? They can also contribute to penalties. Was there a feeling behind why those penalties were happening in squad? I think, uh, I think first of all, even before the like ruck, before the contact area, like the tackle and winning the mm-hmm. collisions. So we mm-hmm. were already kind of on that, uh, not winning that part of the race. And then obviously, then we had quite a few penalties for not rolling away, getting caught in tackles in the wrong positions and stuff like that. So like, we'll go through it like in detail, like cover it more towards the Six Nations to focus on it. But I think there was an array of penalties. Like there was loads of different things that, that came out from it. So yeah, I think we'll just focus on that contact area and the tackle, like collision. If we can kind of actually dominate ourselves in that second half on teams, then it'll change the picture. Can I just ask, you alluded to the fact that the sort of camp format has changed, you know, and not many people even knew that you're now based at Cardiff Rugby Club. Um, Shuan sort of gave us a little bit of a description about that and how you've got your, your own room now. It's, it's sort of your own section um, at Cardiff Rugby Club. But in regards to now preparation, when you get together, where you stay, how long you stay for, can you give the listeners sort of a bit of insight into that? Yeah, sure. So we kind of generally go into camp on a Friday now, um, all the way through till a Monday if we've got the game on a Sunday. We yeah, we're based at Cardiff Arms Park and Cardiff Rugby, um, which is awesome. And we've got a gym in Principality Stadium and a team room in the Principality Stadium. So to have one site is just awesome. To have one site that's just ours as well is even better. And it's somewhere that we can just make you know comfortable and our home and all that kind of stuff so that so that's brilliant we've been training on Wednesday nights at Cardiff Farms Park and then yeah when when we've got internationals we're, we're in from the Friday through to the to the Monday really so we've got 
uh, training and gym on a Friday, Saturday kind of team run, um, a bit of an easier day with, a, you know, some review meetings and things like that, like planning meetings. Um, and then you've got your match day on the next day, generally on the Sunday for us at the moment. And then we stay in camp until that kind of midday because we do some review and um, recovery in the morning on the Monday. Ice bath? Not ice bath at the moment, no. It's all... Uh, well, actually, Pat, Pat, our physio, is uh, on, a, on a Monday. His speciality is a recovery walk. So we went down the canal oh. around Cardiff. Oh, lush. Yeah. We don't have to do ice baths anymore. They're not as enforced. They're not as enforced. Professional important. contracts and no <laughs> ice baths. Hello. The game changed. <laughs> There's a shortage of wheelie bins now, is there? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got enough over to uh sacrifice. Not enough steps to get into the wheelie bins. Yeah. <laughs> so in our day when we all played together, we didn't have that kind of length of time over an international together. It was like in the day before, some people the morning of, um, and then home after the game, wasn't it? So how how does that benefit you as a squad now, Car? Uh, you know, the more time you can spend together, it's going to be beneficial. I think from a social perspective, it's really beneficial too, because we've got more downtime. People can relax a little bit more. Um, and what's pictures. happening in social downtimes? Sorry? What's happening in those social... Yeah, I was going to say, so Butcher's the queen of mafia. I don't know if you ever heard of mafia as a game. She absolutely loves it. Tell us more. What's mafia? Oh, it's it's... You're sitting around the table, you've got a few mafia who try and kill people around you, um, but it's all top secret because you close your eyes and then you have to figure out who the mafia are. Um, it's not a very long game, probably takes like 10, 20 minutes, but... Um... Is this Duck Duck Goose? No, it's um, Wink Murder. Wink, wink Murder. There you yeah. go, it might be yeah. Wink Murder. It's not even Wink Murder, it's something like that though, but it's good. <laughs> but it's, yeah. I'm kidding you, there. Every downtime, Butchers is like, Mafia, let's go, let's go, Mafia. <laughs> is there still a tea club? There was all, every squad I've been involved in is a tea club. Oh, do you know, I'm probably holding the tea club. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's not actually, oh God, Luricard used to have a little bus, didn't she? <laughs> teas, it's just caddy. She had all these pots she'd pull out for tea club. <laughs> We'd all go to Luricard's room, put the kettle on. Yeah, well, pretty special. So we've got our coffee machine and stuff like that in the team room now. So um, that's all sorted for us. You don't have to bring your own little box of tea bags uh, and milk. Yeah, but no, definitely benefits um, the squad being together. It's I think it's a bit of an ask, you know, still being amateurs, still getting more um, more time off. is hard to ask employers and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting as that kind of grows, I suppose. Mm. Oh, you've just moved nicely on to my next point. I wanted to speak more about you personally. So you have mentioned contracts. Is this something that you're hopeful for? Because we know you do a lot of work with the Bath Foundation, is it? So do you want to talk a little bit more about your role there and what exactly you do? Yeah, so I've been based at Bath Rugby Foundation for a long time. Um, and what we do is work with young people who... Uh, using sport as kind of the tool to engage so it's young people that might be disengaged with school might um, be excluded we work with young people who might have like low confidence or kind of anxieties or experience bullying um, or young people who have disabilities Um, and what we do is try and engage them into kind of positive progressions so 
get them either into a sports club of some sort or get them into some kind of college course or into jobs um, and just kind of about building confidence and getting them back into the community really but in a positive way. I feel like you're like the queen up in Bath doing all this stuff now. <laughs> well, I have been there a long time and uh, Bath's a small city so everybody knows everybody so uh, it's quite nice it's quite nice home from home. So I think what well, Laurie's alluding to, are you going to give that up and have a full-time contract? For <laughs> <laughs> um, I was chatting to someone about this the other day. Um, uh, yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Like, in some ways, you've got dual career. So, like, internationally playing sport, being an athlete, and then, you know, you, you're driving your career on the other side as well through sports development. So, uh it'll be dependent on conversations you know like what does it look like and obviously around money and all that kind of stuff so um I think let's it's be honest here Carol if you're offered one you're going to take it because you can wangle yourself back into the Bath Foundation anytime I think you've probably got shares in it or knowing <laughs> you <laughs> and it's only a little year isn't it again you through to World Cup and then you it's... can be like I've done my time now I've I'm done off. my time yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's great that we've got contracts, but there's a long way to kind of equality and all that kind of stuff. So so a lot of life questions, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. you say, it's only a year, but then you're like, mm, it impacts quite a bit. So yeah. it's incredibly uh, difficult for uh, the more senior players of the squad who have been doing this still career, who have built up their career alongside the rugby to give that up to probably take, let's say, I know, 10, 15 grand pay cut for a year and not have a promise of going back to where you left. It's, I, I don't think I would have done it, but for the younger girls, it's an incredible opportunity, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's it. And, you know, it's a step forward. So for the younger people coming through, gosh, it's a starting point for them. Like they can have a long, hopefully a long career like that. Like people like me, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a tougher question. And it, it, it's just about the discussion, really, like, what, what, what does it look like? Because we don't know what it looks like. How much time is that? Is there flexibility to, you know, earn around it? No, you just walk around to all the media telling everybody it's pretty much a done deal, things will be signed by next month. Um, but you still don't know what the contract looks like and what you'll be putting pen to paper to. Uh, so no, not at the moment. So th- those discussions are going to start this week. So we, it was really important to get the autumns out of the way, focus on all of those games and stuff. And then and now it's kind of like the starting point for that. They'll be chasing you around Bath with a, a contract and a pen. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Aside from rugby, there was some other big news uh, that affected you this year. So congratulations once again. We did learn that you got married in the Thank summer. You. Thank you. So, how is married life? Regretting it yet? Or <laughs> we'll have a party. Don't worry, Jen. We'll have a party. Sorry, Carl. This is brand new information. You got married this year. Yeah. Did I? I didn't even know this. Did you're I? Too busy hounding people on Twitter. That's why you're not, you're not searching <laughs> for everybody else's good name story. I wouldn't see her. She is right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I've just ambushed that conversation. But wow, I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, so I got married in September, so the plan was to get married next year after the World Cup, Um, but obviously that got scuppered, so I think we're the only ones that actually brought the wedding forward, uh, managed to get the day that we wanted, actually, it worked out really well um, in September, so yeah, really cool. Really cool. (laughs) 
no, you both looked stunning. And I did like the fact that uh, Kelly came in on a tractor as well. That was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it was an offer from the company, from the place. Like, honestly, uh, from Farm, give them a shout out. Um, let's little uh, <laughs> clamping pillars uh, in West Wales, near Shanboydi, come on then. And um... <laughs> so the tracker post good in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, they offered as well. It was really cute. They were like, oh, we've got this little um, Mazzy Ferguson. Do you want to go on it? And uh, Kelly was like, jump in. Like, yeah, give me a go. So, yeah, she came in on that. That's an entrance. <laughs> yeah. This is how we do it on West, Phil. You right. get involved. Did you yeah. have a bullhorn for the, the, the speeches? <laughs> or did you have no. it's a West no, Wayan no, no. thing? The bullhorn no, for no, the speech? No, no. no? Oh, no. Okay. But we did have right. a tump bath. You know what oh. <laughs> uh, come again <laughs> is that what you put the bowls of champagne in to cool no no it wow. wasn't fancy it's um it's uh oh a dance yes yeah like i've done a kaylee dance they're fab yeah oh lovely so that what's the welsh version sorry tumpath tumpath Oh, oh it's done. I've just Googled, right? Tumpa is a Welsh word literally meaning a hump or tump. <laughs> <laughs> you do do it different down west. That's not right the same in. thing, Laurie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. Here it is. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, no, it was great. It was good. It was a lovely day. Really cool. Amazing. Oh, and of course, there's going to be another wedding because uh, we all saw um, Hannah Jones's proposal, Dino. I'm so glad there was a proposal on him because if you saw the video, he comes like lurking over his right shoulder <laughs> and you're watching him like, what's going on here? <laughs> so it was a bit creepy until that moment. <laughs> if he, I didn't know him, so it looked a bit odd. But that was less than I. Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. And a total surprise for Hannah. So, uh, so lush. Like, he'd been planning it for a bit, I think. And uh, and then the night before, he got a bit scared because, you know, like, we've had, like, people jumping on the pitch and all that kind of stuff. He didn't want to, like, the stewards to be funny with him. So he decided to tell HJ. So, um... <laughs> I just loved oh, uh, Hannah's reaction because she's like, what are you doing on the pitch? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, get off the pitch. <laughs> Bless her. It was a really nice moment and I'm glad it, it was caught on camera because it, it was a nice feel-good story as well at the end of um, what's been a positive campaign for you as well. Mm. Yeah, mm. definitely, definitely. It was really nice, really nice. It was really good. So chuffed for them both. So you are now committed to the World Cup, right? You're in? Yeah, if I get selected, yeah. Are you sure? Because, you know, with the news with World Rugby now, you can represent a different nation. Are you looking <laughs> to jump ship or anywhere? Or? Where would I go, Laurie? I don't know, boy, to be honest. Someone with a bit of sense of humour, you know, Scotland, maybe? Laurie's <laughs> <laughs> just sent off her ancestry DNA test. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping they're somewhere in Spain. <laughs> so I can get a nice tan on the go, isn't it? Nice tan. Yeah. <laughs> Would you? Would you consider it? See, no, your your father was from England. Oh, Welsh now. Through and through. through. Yeah, 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 boy. (laughs) Me too. She's in the Welsh squad. I think it's going to be an interesting conversation for some girls in, um, you know, coming through up through the ranks, whether they would consider it, mind, with the difference that, especially England, are displaying compared to what 
Wales have got in place at the moment. And we've seen it already with Megan already gone over and Lucy Parker, who had her Mm. uh, first cap on the weekend as well. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Coming out to New Zealand, right? So some of the fringe players there uh, also could now qualify for Samoa, who are going to go through the qualifying process. So there's some big conversations and and whispers going on in a certain group I'm in. Uh, Yeah, no, it will be really interesting now. Really interested to see. Um, I think it can only be a positive thing, though, like in the sense of, you know, players and and standard of players and stuff like that and competition for it. Not something that I'd be keen for, obviously, wheels through and through. But Mm. uh, yeah, I think I think it's an interesting thing for like players who want to play for like their their heritage teams, I suppose. Yeah. You are committed to the World Cup. I'm pretty sure you'll be selected. So what are the squad looking at? Is, have you been talking World Cup or have you been talking just this autumn or have you been looking at the Six Nations? What are, what are you guys talking about in your downtime? Other than- just, just, just at autumns, just at autumns. I think, like I said earlier, well, for me anyway, coming into camp, I can only talk about personally, like um, me coming into camp with new coaches, I wasn't sure exactly where we were at. Not in a negative way at all, like just just kind of you know new structures and things like that, and and Nigel coming in and, and just just finding your feet with that. So I think it's been really important to actually just focus on here and now, really. And then now is the stage to I think with with conversations around contracts to just understand what the year looks like mm. um, moving forward. Thinking about Six Nations, then you'll probably can't start setting those goals in what do we want to get in the Six Nations, and then building into that World Cup. Um, I think it was really important now just to kind of settle ourselves and just find, just let people perform, like 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 be comfortable in that performing, which I think we have done. We've got you know good competition for places and stuff, but um, people can can kind of input around kind of you know um, conversations with the coaches and stuff. They've all been approachable and, and all that kind of stuff. So so that's been really good, um, and you know the buy-in for them definitely being here up until after the World Cup is is. Good, very good. Mm. Really Have good. some consistency, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Actually, have you got a tour story? No, can you set that up? Hey, it's uh, my favourite time of the pod as well. Let's talk about tour story. So what goes on tour comes on the pod. Jingle, 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 jingle. <laughs> So, not to put you on the hot seat or anything, Carol, but you are a guest and we haven't had a guest for a very long time. So, can you give me a tour story, please? Uh, <laughs> literally on the spot. I can't think of anything. Come on, Carol. Oh. It doesn't even have to be rugby. Surely you've got something going on with YFC or <laughs> something like that. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, deliveries. Oh, she's having a cafe delivered. <laughs> oh, very nice. There you go. From the wife. Let's go. <laughs> That in itself is a reason to get married. Um, I was talking actually with um, Spence the other day, just around uh, Ireland 20... When were we in Ireland? 2017, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was 2014. Sorry, France. France, France, France. And um, afterwards, I don't think this will happen again, maybe, but because of the structure of the World Cup, but all the teams come together, don't they? And then everyone's kind of having a, a celebration party. And I just remember 
Catherine Edwards. I'm stitching her up here. <laughs> um, just driving around in a mobility scooter yes. with a glass of Prosecco. <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant. I don't know where she got it from. And it was just totally normal. She was just driving around the pool <laughs> table with a glass of Prosecco. So uh, sorry, cat heads, but uh yeah, princess with the Prosecco. Oh my god, yeah. That was funny. Glass of Prosecco um, with a pinky out, is it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Marcuse's, was it? That's where we play. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good one. Cats is she's so unassuming, right? She's so normally well behaved. She's more like, (laughs) and every now and now she'll just do something, and she'll just go off on her own and do something like that. Very memorable. I wasn't actually on that one, but I heard about it. It's a bit of a legend story. (laughs) Good one. Yeah, that was good. Thank you so much, Karen. And that is your toe story, which came in the pod. Jingle, 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 <laughs> jingle, jingle. jingle. Talking in 2017, though, did you know that Laurie was there? Because I'm not sure everybody heard her enough was <laughs> that Laurie was there. Was she there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's another one I got dropped for. Hey. <laughs> My Tina Turner routine got me in some trouble. I can tell you that for free anyway. Have you uh, have you shared that as part of your tour tour stories? Okay. I mean, I think everyone in Wales probably knows it. And if they didn't, they've seen some video clip of it anyway. To be fair, do you know, it's a bit of a tradition. The other day, Kat um, Evans getting her first cap. They put rolling on for her and it was, she had to sing it. Aww. I know, I think every hooker now in yeah. history will go down with that song. <laughs> That's your legacy, though. Hey, what a legacy to have. <laughs> Tina Turner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh, thank you so much, Carol, for yeah, uh, thank coming you, Carol. on. It's nice to have this relationship between us and the current squad members now as well. So it's nice to get you on and having some feedback. So, Jochen Vohr. And um, remember now, three invites for the um, wedding party whenever you uh, get around to arranging that. Yes. Pod on tour, first wedding. Woo. Yes. We'll bring the bull horns. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do with them, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you've just shown us that you're not been listening to the pod then because it's been a running story throughout. She is not a pod listener. Oh, I've been busy the last few weeks. I've missed these ones. (laughs) Go back to number one and start again because this is, listeners, our last episode of series one. What a nice way to tie it out. So thank you very much, Carol Thomas, for being our guest. You're welcome, William. Thanks, Kath. Um, also, Lowe's, on uh, my flight to Dubai, um, I watched some movies. And one movie I watched was Tina Turner. Have uh, you seen it? It's the movie best, slash- yeah. Well, oh, sorry. Well, no, it wasn't the movie one. It was like the documentary to go with it. Yeah. Do you know what her real name is? Oh, Tina yeah. Turner's real name. Uh, forgotten it, though. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bullock. Is it? 
Yeah. What is it? Anna Bullock. Wow. Yeah. So you know. Oh yeah. Um, anime. The, yeah, anime Bullock. The not um, oh. not not very nice at all. A husband of hers was Ike Turner, yeah. and before they were even married. He just gave her the name Tina Turner when they sang together. Didn't even ask her, just put it on a poster and said, that's your name. And then a few years later, they got married. Yeah, and that's the only thing she fought to keep, though, was her name. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, but it was really good. And I like her even more now hearing what that woman has been through. She is just incredible. Absolutely incredible. Legend. Yeah. If anyone hasn't seen it, dig it out. I'm sure it's on Netflix. The movie is amazing, the best, but there's also a docu- documentary just entitled Tina, and it's fantastic. But Completely un-rugby related, but hey. Something to trump both of that is if you want to go to the West End and see Tina, yeah. the show, that is outstanding. It's the best musical I've ever been to see in my life. Anyway. I haven't seen that one. <laughs> Back <You> to <should>. rugby. <laughs> Back to rugby. Um, I've got a positivity one, actually. Go on, then. Do I have a jingle for that? Or did I not have a jingle? I, can't, I haven't done it for so long. Um, Gabs puts one in, doesn't she? It's like a different intro and thing. Okay. Yeah. All right, guys. It's been a while because I feel like generally we've been talking about really positive things. But I feel now, can't see <laughs> this listeners at home, but I'm using lots of jazz hands. That's what I do when I get excited. <laughs> I've got a... What do I call it? I don't even know what I call it anymore. Positivity. Good news story. Good news story. Good news story. Positivity bit. Just roll the jingle. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so my um, positivity bit is Steve Hansen, so one of the most famous coaches in the world, was doing an interview with the Rugby Union Weekly podcast. You can go back and listen to it. It's entitled Bonus Pod with Steve Hansen. And they talk all sorts. It's a brilliant um, insight into into the man, into the coach, into the players. But as they were about to sign off the interview, he told them to hold on. We haven't discussed the women's game yet. And I think it almost caught the interviewers a little bit off guard Hugo Monnier and, and Chris Jones and they were like oh right yeah okay and they went on to talk about the women's game how it's you know it's going to be the future uh, it's a different brand of rugby it's an exciting brand of rugby and it really has the opportunity to kind of start afresh in regards to sort of the world calendar which the men's game is really struggling with um, being able to find you know a way of fitting in all the internationals and domestically with, without clashing you know he was saying the women with this women's 15 that's going to be launched 2023 has a real opportunity to sort of get it right and I just love the way that he he just took that moment and it's only a moment it's literally I don't know a minute and a half of of audio but for someone of that caliber to sort of stop and say no hold on we need to talk about this like that's massive that's huge and it will be it will be picked up and it will be listened to and it will be engaged with by so many more people just because, you know, he's done it. And I didn't realise his daughter um, is actually involved in the coaching staff with the with the New Zealand women as well. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So that is my like, good on you. Um, yeah. Moment of positivity. Yeah, it's really good, especially someone of that calibre, isn't it? That yes. You know, it's, it's not putting himself up on a level that... 
you know, that he can't be t- touched or whatever. It's nice. It was similar to when Andy Murray did it as well, when he was questioned about um, Wimbledon champion and then he oh, corrected yeah. them and said, no, Serena Williams has done it before me. And so, you know, it's it's having people, you know, of that status coming out and, mm. you know, actively engaging in the women's side of the sport. It's brilliant, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And yeah. having the knowledge about it. So, yes. Yeah. Gem will be on first uh, name terms with Steve now on Twitter. <laughs> Steve O. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, seeing as it, it is our last podcast of season one, um, we just want to bring it back to the clubs and back to the rugby family. So, we've been reaching out to. Uh, some of the clubs, some of the hubs to, to ask them what has been the best part of this season what's their successes, what are the good news stories that are worth sharing, what's going well and celebrating those successes which if you listen back to episode one, is pretty much all the reason that we wanted to do this, was to amplify all the good stuff that's going on in rugby so we got a whole bunch of messages, we couldn't possibly read them all out but we're going to share some of them and some of you were brave enough to send us your own in with your own voice. <laughs> uh, we're going to edit them in as well. So let's hear it straight from the clubs. Before we send you off into your cup competition, let's just reveal where we are and what's been great so far. Laurie, you go first. Hit us up with one. Yeah, I received a nice message from uh, Whitchurch RC. Um, so I'll just read it as it was sent, if that's all right. When the pandemic hit, we were gutted because we were on such a good streak of games, having been promoted in 2019. What's been great is that since we've returned to rugby, we've seen the majority of our girls stick with us and so many, bracket, literally loads, bracket, of girls inquiring about joining us. It seems that the pandemic has given lots of people the extra confidence boost to go and give rugby a try, which I thought was lovely. Um, she continues then, we're excited to get our official season started and also hoping to get our under-15s and under-18s team some well-deserved game time. There's a bunch of talented girls with us at the moment and we can't wait until they join us in the senior squad. So oh. I thought that was a nice little message to nice. get us going. Lovely. Yeah. So West Swansea Hawks have been in touch as well. Um, they said what's been really great this season is having retained player numbers because we were able to coach the girls in performance rather than participation due to the regional cup run. It had clear fixtures and that is not over yet due to the West Swansea Hawks under 15s and under 18s both qualifying to the next stage of the National Cup. Our under 15s and under 18s also enjoyed a trip over the bridge to play Dings Crusaders. I'm not sure who Dings Crusaders are. Uh, in a friendly, competitive fixture whilst building relationships further afield. Um, in terms of their success, they, they're um, thrilled that um, they didn't lose any numbers. And, you know, they've been out a long time, right? Rugby's been quite stagnant for a long time, but they they yeah. and still be competitive. Um, they love being selected for the regional and national cup and having something the players can play for. Um, I'm really excited about the cup as well. I really love cup rugby. (laughs) I'm excited to hear where that goes. And they're excited about the opportunities for players with clear pathways and representation at regional and national level for their teenage players. They'll be looking 
um, forward to this coming in. And um, we really hope that we do this long enough for it to work and continue momentum for players to keep developing. So they're excited about the potential of pathways coming in any day now. Yeah, agree. Okay. Oh, yeah. Nash, the Davids have come in. I'm pretty sure that's where Jasmine Joyce went to school. We'll have to check that, but I'm pretty sure it is. So they say, getting girls rugby going at St. David's, seeing so many girls want to play and play mixed too. Jess Cav deserves a massive word up for that. We've been running the WRU skills sessions and some of the girls coming through that have amazing skills and such a thirst for improving. Excited for the under 18 Wales and the regional girls gives me hope this will cascade down and we'll see more and more girls aged 13, 14 and 15. Great to see so much women's rugby on TV too. Seanette Harries was a class pundit um, and she was actually fair play. I saw Gems, you made some comments about um, about Seanette, especially the way she dealt with the question about whether Wales should have teams in the Allianz Prem. Mm. And she was like, why are we, you know, leaning on England? Let's sort our own stuff out. I was like, good on you. Yeah. But yeah, I thought you yeah. and Rachel Taylor spoke really well. Yeah, I would just like to give a mention um, to Omega Photography or Omega, depending on what part of Wales you're from, I guess. Because, um, <clears throat> you know, they're an avid follower of the women's game. And it starts as, what's been great this season? For a whole season, I was one of the few people in North Wales to be able to see live women's rugby because of my role as a photographer supporting the Sail Sharks women's team. Seeing Wales women regaining some of the respect that was taken from them in 2020, still work to do. And my daughter being part of the Girls Rugby Club 15 advisory board and being the only Welsh representative. We thought that was lovely. I did nice. have a massive essay, but uh this is stuff that we can all share on our socials later so you know the rest of what feedback i've had will go up on there yeah arrows rugby in pontypool have been in touch and they say at the arrows it's been great to see so many girls new faces and old back out on the pitch after such a long layoff for covid we feel that having strong female focused off the pitch support driven by one of our head coaches rj coles we're all familiar with on our head coach, former international scrum half Kerry Jenkins involved with the girls development center in the Dragons region it's given us an opportunity to show the girls what they can achieve if they work hard we're excited to have two newly appointed hub officers in Callum and Dan working alongside us to continue growing our player base and bring new talent to the rugby family we've also had a growth through our second training site in ASK it's lovely to see all the girls come together on match days. We are very lucky to have girls from all walks of life train with us and very proud to have players with ALN and SEMH difficulties who have felt safe enough to keep coming to our environment. We definitely feel that the future is bright for women's rugby. Oh, that's sweet. That's lovely. How lovely is that? Nice. And there's so many more messages from so many clubs. We're going to have to share them over our social channels. So keep your eyes peeled. But don't just take it from us. Here's some messages from the clubs themselves. Hello there. My name's Louise. I'm the team manager for Glamorgan Wanderers um, girls rugby team. We've just got back now from Cardiff Arms Park. We've been attending Kira Philpott's eight-week skills development sessions, which she's put on for all the girls in Cardiff. 
and it's been absolutely brilliant. So loads of our girls from our rugby team have been attending there and they've been really enjoying it. And tonight we actually got a chance to meet Lily as well, who's part of the Wales Women Rugby team, and that was really good. Um, so from my point of view as the team manager of Glamorgan Wanderers, for us, for the past couple of months, we've seen our team growing week after week. And the word is really getting out there. And, you know, we're really, really um, expanding as a team. Um, we've got some brilliant coaches and Lewis Johnson and George Tavner, they've worked really hard setting up a brand new girls rugby team for us at the Glamorgan Wanderers in Ely. We actually meet up every Sunday between 11 and 12. And we're going to be um, doing that for the next couple of weeks and we're going to break up over um, Christmas. My daughter, Jazz, she joined back in May with a bunch of local girls and they've all been so dedicated attending Sunday practice week after week. And the girls, they've really come on, they've developed their confidence, teamwork, their rugby skills. And they've all become really good mates as well over the past few months, um, which is really good. And to be honest, some of them are developing real potential and they're actually beasts on the field. But the main thing is everyone is, they're having loads of fun and they're just really enjoying rugby. So our team is actually a hub of Capitals Rugby. And next year we're looking forward to joining forces and playing against other teams as well. We're actually looking forward as well to going on tour for the first time. So we're going to be doing that next year. And like I mentioned earlier, our rugby team has become so popular. Um, we're looking to expand an under-18s and also a senior team as well for the girls in Ely to attend that. Um, literally now our next step is to get the girls in their rugby kits and start playing matches um, so they can look really smart and, you know, start putting those skills to practice. And it really is an exciting time for all of us at the Wanderers and Capitals. And watching Wales women play over the past few weeks have been incredibly inspiring and they are an amazing role models and truly inspirational. So we're all a bit rugby mad at the moment, but absolutely loving every moment of it. Thank you for listening. Bye. And here's Hannah from Capital Girls. We are extremely excited to see where the Capitals Hub will be going in 2022. We can't wait. We've got a brand new satellite hub over at Glamorgan Wanderers. We've got our open day coming in January the 29th in House of Sport. It's going to be an open training session for the girls from under 9s to under 12s and then under 14s to under 18s as well. There'll be clubs from Cardiff area there doing training sessions with them. The hub coaches will be there. It's going to be a full, full on day. We're very excited. So going back to episode one and the conversation we had before we even started this podcast was how can we kind of feel that unitedness maybe that we think we've lost over the years and and bring everybody back into this one big rugby farm and just say, share successes and great news and great stories and the growth of the game. Um, so please keep sending us messages. We will share them when we're back in the new year for series two, if you'll have us. <laughs> jingle, jingle, jingle. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. So in news uh, this week, we've got more, should I say this weekend, we've got more rugby. Obviously, domestically gets back up and running. But the Barbarians, for the first time, are doing a double header at Twickenham. We've talked a little bit about this before, so it's more of a reminder than anything else. But it's this Saturday. Men are playing first against Samoa at 2.30, and then the women are coming on after and playing against South Africa. And obviously, we've got Rachel Taylor, part of the coaching staff, but I've also got Beth Dainton. She is going to be in the team. So really hope that um, she gets a bit of a run out. There's some big names in this squad. I've just been looking over it now. Do you remember Jenny Murphy, centre for Ireland? Yeah. She used to go up yeah. against um, uh, Rebecca De Filippo, and it would just be like the clash of the titans. And they were like the two biggest women in rugby. She was a um, big yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. she's in the squad. It was actually my car crash experience of comms last year. This was the game uh, I commented on, the Barbas v Wales. And Jenny Murphy, uh, even though she was at centre, she was used as the hooker and she did this American football style throw in with one hand. <clears throat> and it was just grass. Just grass. Even though she was only on for about 50 minutes, I still gave her a man of the match, a woman of the match rather. Nice. Just yeah. for that one throw. No, no. I think she had a stoma. <laughs> <clears throat> it was between her and the 10 whose name is Gabe Smith. But yeah, I just thought, you know, keep it uh, Celtic. Celtic. Nice. Unbiased uh, choice there. You Obviously. also got um, Cara Griffin, captain of Ireland. She's mm-hmm. involved. Um, Karen Parkin, Parkin uh, captain of Canada, who unfortunately we didn't get to see playing against Wales. She's involved. We've already mentioned the England superstars. Rona Lloyd, Scottish winger. Keep an eye out for her. She was like Allianz top try scorer, I think, season 1920. Like yeah. She is rapid. Yeah. Absolutely rapid. So, yeah, really um, looking forward to, to that. And then if you can, uh, zoom on over to World Rugby because um, the HSBC 7s are kicking off this weekend. Did I mention... In Dubai. I'm in Dubai and uh, the Sevens are playing this weekend. Did I mention? It's not breaking up, Phil. Can't quite. <laughs> <laughs> but Jasmine Joyce is with Team GB. And uh, yeah, sadly, this will be her last tournament with Team GB. But um, I'm sure she is going to, you know, stand out like she always does in every Sevens tournament. So good luck to her and the rest of Team GB, of course. Good stuff. Catch up with her and, and get some bits for our socials, Bill. So we uh, yeah. keep amplifying all the great stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember now, jazz is big time in sevens. Okay. So don't don't go in there with your prosecco glass on a mobility scooter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, it's tempting. <laughs> I will just say, just before we go, uh, best of luck to everybody in the cup runs. The fixtures are not available right now, but I've just found out that All Sports Wales are going to publish them this evening. So they will be available by the time this is published. They'll be on All Sports Wales. So we're going to follow along and hopefully get to a few games as well. Fill the ones because you're not sevens in Dubai, but, you know, me and Laurie will try and get there. (laughs) Bullhorns in hand. Let me ask you then, girls, just before we shoot off, how have you enjoyed your first season on Back the Girls podcast? I'm not going to lie, at times it was stressful. Was it really? (laughs) 
I think it was stressful because of us, Gem, to be honest. Oh, that first one we did at like two hours in length. <laughs> Absolutely rip up the schedule, throw it in the bin, swearing. Um, oh, we've come a long way, ladies, and I think we should be very proud. I think we've put a smile on a lot of people's faces and we've provoked thoughts in the right people's minds. And uh, ultimately, I think we have achieved the goal of getting that bit more engagement into the women's game. So job well done, team. There's definitely been less editing as we've gone along. And Gabby's done an amazing, amazing job of yeah. trying to make this as succinct as possible. But yes, Phil, early days, it was lots of editing. Last episode, this one's going to need some more, I think, but the last episode <laughs> almost, oh, see, we could have gone live. It was incredible. Ooh, easy, oh, Tiger. Lori wasn't there. Oh, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> This is the most I've been allowed to speak was in this one. And now we're coming to an end. I have to start from scratch again come the new year. Have you enjoyed it, Lord? Yeah, it's been good. Especially now. It is a shame that we're coming to an end now because we are starting to get like real engagement from the listeners and that. And, you know, I'm going to miss ripping the piss out of Phil's. Who else am I going <laughs> to be able to like mount on so much pressure? But, you know. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. so if you just send me your address I'll send you some books for you to read for nighttime stories and that oh thanks mate I'll make sure you don't need a signature for them because you're never home so <laughs> <laughs> all right all right <laughs> I get asked laws like how do you find the time to do it and I say it's a pleasure to do it it's so detached from like real world. It's not a chore, is it? To sit with you guys and just laugh for an hour. Okay, maybe it is a chore. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed it. And I've learned no. stuff every week. So yes. thanks for um, allowing me to be part of it, girls. I'm really enjoying it. So we're going to break for Christmas and the new year. And we'll be back, I guess in 2022 with a full summary of what happened in the cup and where we're going next with uh six nations and when that might be happening oh yes might know some exciting news about that cliffhanger tune in in 2022